Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Before we start this episode, I wanted to take a quick moment to ask a favor of you. Please open the podcast app you're listening on right now and hit the follow button. This really supports us growing the podcast and also helps continue to produce high quality conversations around high performance. You listen to us and we want to listen to you. So please also consider leaving a rating and review. Tell us what you love about this episode and what you'd like to hear more of. Give us some feedback as it really does make a difference to what we're doing behind the scenes. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. If I go to some research from Dr. Valerie Young, Nicola, she defines five types of imposter syndrome in her book, which is The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women and Men. I like this subtitle, Why Capable People Suffer from Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It. She talks about number one, the perfectionist, two, the superwoman or superman, three, the natural genius, four, the soloist, and five, the expert. Well, you started with perfectionism, Andrew, and I guess that's the first thing that most people think about. So this is the person who never feels that their work is good enough, which often means they're very um, ineffective or they don't submit work on time. So, you know, perfectionism is problematic in the, often in the workplace. And if it is coupled with the imposter syndrome, you can see that people aren't really re- realizing all their potentials. So their underlying fear, obviously, is of losing control. And if you unpackage that, because you know, I am a psychologist, the thing, one of the key motivators behind perfectionism is the idea if I'm not perfect, I'm not lovable or I'm not good enough. So, you know, you can see you go down the rabbit hole, you're going to touch some really fundamental core beliefs about people. So, you know, imposter syndrome needs to be unpackaged a little bit because how you might manage it is going to vary. I think the other one that I guess that I think of is the expert because by definition, other people attribute expertise to you, right? So it's not usually an individual who says, I'm the expert, I know everything. It's actually other people say, you know a lot, we're going to call you the expert, if you know what I mean. Mm. So, and I get called an expert witness for court, and I hate the term. I hate the term because to me, it means that you're not growing anymore. But the expert imposter feels, again, they have to have all knowledge and all experience before doing anything. So they've probably got a closed mindset in the sense that they don't see a a role or a task as the opportunity to grow and have an open mindset of growth and challenge. They think of it as a threat. And so the expert feels threatened because they're scared of being criticised or not knowing anything. And they... I guess they're going to feel uncomfortable in the not knowing, which most of the world is grey. So that you know that black and white. I'm either I either know it and I'm adequate, or I don't know it and I'm inadequate. Which goes back to Carol Dweck, as yes. well. It's it, it, it's not black or white. It's not dichotomous. It's that that openness, that growth mindset that you're going to be challenged at times, but challenge is good. It's the balance between perfectionism wrong or right, good or bad, and healthy competition. I will make mistakes, and that's part of my learning and growth. Are you planning an upcoming conference or company offsite? For the past 15 years, I've averaged speaking at over 50 events each year, and I still love presenting at conferences as much as I did when I first started. 
to explore the different presentations I offer on a range of topics and themes, including physical and psychological well-being, becoming burnout-proof, connection and belonging. That's a new area I'm, I'm really enjoying presenting on. Neuroscience and behaviour change, mental skills and leadership and culture. Or if you'd like to understand our fully integrated conference experience with pre-event diagnostics, activities throughout the agenda, including a morning wake-up, energy breaks, team-building activities and digital resources to embed learning. To find out more information and to download a brochure, go to andrewmay.com slash keynotes. One I'm going to pick up on is a superwoman or man. I had a conversation which led to first thinking, we've got to do this podcast, Nicola, on imposter syndrome. We spoke about this last year, and it's popped up more and more in my coaching. I've got permission to mention this young man's name. It's Reid Marnie, who is captain at the Canterbury Bulldogs. Reid was at Parramatta when I got over my imposter syndrome and realised this is part of growth and learning and development. Reid was one of the players that I worked most closely with, and I'm really proud seeing his growth. And we've done a, a podcast on this platform with Reid and Sean Lane. So you can go back and listen to that about their evolution and application of mental skills. But Reedy uh, came and saw me here at our office in the coffee shop, Nicola, where I've met you multiple times, and he's scratching around, and like, we st- I still work with Reedy, even though I'm at Manly. How- this is all above board. I have permission. And Reedy's been made captain. So not only did he go from Parramatta to the Bulldogs, but then Cameron Serrano, the coach, at the pointy end of the off-season, said, we're going to make you captain. So excitement, adulation. Wow, this is a dream come true for a 24-year-old young man, but still working out his craft. So he's had to shift from not just playing his game as number nine, but then overseeing 16 other people because we choose 17 in an NRL game and what they're doing. So we're in the coffee shop. He's sitting there. He's scratching around and I could see he was agitated. And after about 10 minutes, I saw he drunk his coffee really quick. I said, Reedy, what's up? He went, oh, and he just sort of, went bang, blah, blah. And he, he went for about seven or eight minutes and I didn't interrupt. And I said, mate, you've got imposter syndrome. What's that? I said, you've been promoted to captain and everyone else around you sees that you are totally ready for this role. But there's lag time. You haven't caught up yet. And you're overcompensating and thinking you have to do all this extra stuff, extracurricular activity. He's on 24-7. I said, mate, you've been sending me messages at night on weekend. You haven't been recovering, which has been a real part of your strategy. And as we went through about half an hour later, I could see he just went, so this is normal? I went, absolutely normal. And I told him about one or two of my examples. So really love your authenticity, love that you are open to learning and growing. And then he went back home, did some journaling, put in some recovery. That's a real big thing. When you find you're thinking about work all the time, if other people you think are judging you, it's all external, 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 magnifying that internal and I'm not good enough, you just get into this stress state, which he was, and he wasn't making the right decisions. He wasn't playing well. Anyway, fast track next game. He'd relaxed. He's been playing back better than he has at any time. And having that quick conversation, him having the awareness to put into practice, it was really powerful. So I want this podcast to help with other athletes, with other corporates we both work with. But that was a real example. Do you want to give me your commentary or your thoughts on that example? Oh, I think that's so common. And it's so often as you say that other people recognize you and you there is that delay and I thought that was just a, a wonderful way of expressing it that there's that delay where you haven't yet internalized what other people see and you know often 
we've been set up for that already about how we've been praised and you I mean you asked at the beginning about my kids well we know I'm a nerd and I read everything and even my kids now laugh I'll, I'll say something and my son will say did you really think that hard every time as a parent before you said something and I go yeah I really did think that hard so you know I was thinking about closed mindset and all those sort of things so when when we are young and we are praised for an outcome we're not going to internalize what we carry within us in terms of our experience our skills and our, our capacities so that means we're probably for the superman and, and other people when they find themselves in that position where other people recognize them of having capacity and they don't it's because they've been often been praised for the outcome rather than thinking of the process to get some somewhere so i guess to, to think about the the classic thing that you know kids do a painting and and parents might say oh that's a lovely picture of a of a car usually the child says no it's an elephant so you've already you know you've struck out straight away I had this out <laughs> Sophia came home daddy I did this painting for you it's your favorite and I went oh darling it's beautiful it's Toby which is our dog she said no no daddy it's a lolicorn lolicorn is unicorn I'm like oh I caught it really quick it's a beautiful lolicorn and then she walked away and said daddy couldn't see my painting. I'm like, oh, I felt devastated. Well, exactly. We fall into that trap. So rather than doing the outcome, what you'd say is, wow, look at the colours. Oh, look at your control. Look at your concentration. And I love the way you sat down and did that patiently. So whatever whatever it is, or, you know, at soccer, they, maybe they did score the goal. What you'd say is, wow, I like the team playing. I like the way you positioned yourself. I liked your concentration. Because then people start internalising their skills. Now, the same thing goes with elite athletes or anyone else. If you just praise or reward the outcome people don't internalize all those things that they have that got them to that point and it makes them vulnerable hi again it's andrew and i hope you really enjoyed that episode we would appreciate if you helped to amplify the performance intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.